Hello and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast that's dedicated to helping and equipping parents as well as children's ministry workers to disciple the children within their midst with a proper and true biblical theology. As always, that we're hosted by myself, Anthony Trasoni, the family pastor at Westminster Baptist Church in Westminster, Maryland, as well as... Ben Palaz, I'm the family and children's pastor at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia. And we have a special treat for you today. We have a guest on our podcast today, uh, and uh, we're really truly blessed to have him come on today. Uh, really, in a lot of ways, somebody who's shaped my ministry, who's been an influence on many other people. He's spoken through conferences like Children Desiring God and been a resource in many of those who are in family and children's ministry. And uh, joining us today is Ron Rudd. Welcome, Ron. Thank you. It's a joy to be with you. It's exciting to see what you guys are doing. And it's my pleasure to, to be here with you today and pray that it will be beneficial. Yes. We're looking forward to it, Ron. Ron, Thank tell you. us a little bit about your, your ministry, where, where you are, and, and kind of how the Lord has used you over the years in your time uh, serving the church. All right. My first ministry I, I consider to be my family, and I am a father with 10 kids. Uh, God gave me six biologically and four through adoption. And that, to me, is my first and foremost ministry to my wife and, and children. From that uh, is birthed out the ministry that I have within the church. And my ministry calling right now is the family and children's pastor at the Metropolitan Bible Church up in Ottawa, Ontario. And I've been here for 17 years. Uh, started my 18th year in June, actually. I uh, came from California, of where I ministered in a church there as a family children's pastor and small group pastor. All right, so I'm sure here in America, that would, having that many children would make it make you very countercultural. Is that the case in Canada as well? Very much so, yeah. Um, I am definitely a unique bird at my church, and uh, the average family here is probably very similar to what we experience in the States as well. So 2.2 kids. And I don't know what they do with the, the point two, but uh, I think that's close to what the average is right now. Now, okay. were you, now were you trying to raise up a hockey team? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Uh, I didn't know anything about hockey when I came to Canada. Uh, that was a whole new world of which we have learned quite a bit about it. And my kids love the sport, and they, they love watching it more so than playing it. But no, my goal is to raise a godly generation that wants to live uh, and proclaim Christ to the next generation. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a little more important than the Stanley Cup, right? I, I would I would hope so, yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, well, we're having you on today, Ron, as you know, to talk a lot about the role of men in children and family ministry as well as and discipling our own children. You know, you will be uh, working into a role of having influence in, in men's ministry. And I know even in the role that you're in now, you have a great deal of men serving in your children's ministry far more than really I've known of in any other church, unfortunately. And so I think that's even really a great example of that, and as well as equipping men to be the spiritual leaders of their own households. So I want to ask you, Ron, first off, is teaching the Bible to children women's work? Tony, that's a great question. My first response would be yes. Uh, they are responsible to be a part of raising a godly generation, but it is primarily, in my opinion, uh, the man's responsibility both in the home as well as in the church. So 
I would say yes, but it's mostly the responsibility of men to be responsible in the next generation's education, spiritually speaking. That's good. Yeah, I think that really contrasts the mentality that I think many Christians have that oh, children ministries, family ministry, it's, it's, that's woman's work. Uh, the, the woman's place sometimes is seen, unfortunately, by many Christian men as to be within the kitchen as well as within the children's ministry. And I think that is uh, unfor- both sexist as well as disastrous towards children's ministry. And I think that's one of the difficulties, too, within the church, is oftentimes children's ministry is looked at as child care. And therefore, how many men want to go do babysitting? Uh, they don't. And so, no. therefore, you don't get men in those churches with that mindset of babysitting. Uh, men don't want to give themselves to that. Yeah, that's, uh, I don't know, I mean, and we have a policy here at our church, we tell the men not to change diapers, but uh, I don't know too many men who want to, they're not thrilled about changing their own kids' diapers, let alone someone else's. No. Um, yeah. So, if, yeah. Okay. So, so kind of building on that, beyond having it as child care, what are some of the reasons you think that so few men tend to serve in children's ministry or even disciple their own children at home? Well, that's a great question, Ben. I think our culture is so focused on the female lead in so many areas uh, of life. And I see that happening in the church, too. Uh, When men lead the ministry, more men will be involved in the ministry. I think for the key for the church to get men to be involved in leading is to and to draw men into ministry is you need men there who are doing it. And so our culture says women need to have equal rights to everything that the men do. And too often the church is being swept up in the cultural movement there instead of understanding what is a biblical role of headship and the headship not only God the Father, God the Son, then the man in the home and then the woman, the idea that there is a priority in the home that needs to be looked at, equal partners but but not equal in responsibility. So I think that's part of it. I think that we need to have a different perspective of men owning their home and uh, responsibility of discipleship uh, seriously. I think the other one we touched on earlier was the the child care versus ministry uh, devoids the importance of men's involvement. Child care takes away the discipleship model, and men are called to be disciples and uh, to do that first in their home and and then to do it in the church. That's good. Um, you know, I think that's uh, those are some really helpful and valid points. Important thing to be said. Yeah, I, one thing I've noticed sometimes, I think that churches can also have an element where men just kind of want to be the cool dad, whether in society or in churches in general. You know, you, you even kind of see that in the sit in the sitcoms sometimes. Uh, to be a real manly man is to be the cool dad, the guy who goes with uh, their kids to ball games rather than the guy that really invests in getting to know their children and even sitting down and having deep and emotional conversations with children. You know. And that we see children's ministry, like you said, kind of in that way is beneath men in these ways. But with that, have any important men in church history particularly valued ministry to children? Has it always kind of been like this where children's ministry was seen as woman's work? No, I think historically, if you look back, before probably 1900, men were greatly involved in the ministry to children because it was a family mindset. It was the family went to church, 
the families were led by the fathers going to the church. The men were responsible in being spiritual uh, disciplers at home. Family worship, the family worship hour was important in the church. In fact, there was a, a period of time that leaders of the past, if you were to become an elder in the church, you would have elders from your pre, from your church coming and checking out your home family worship hour. And wow. how are you leading this in the home as the example? And so historically, I don't think until probably sometime in the early 1900s do we see a switch into the women taking over children's ministry and the men taking a back seat to it. But it wasn't like this before 1900. And so men did take much more serious responsibility of raising their family before the Lord. Mm-hmm. And you, you mentioned you mentioned historical people. I, I look at Jonathan Edwards, um, 11 kids of his own, and the importance of how he invested in them. You see then the legacy of his life and how that's lived out. You see some great results from how he led the family and as a great theologian as well. He was one that really understood the importance of ministering to his home and family first before he ministered on the outside. Another one, D.L. Moody, comes to mind. And I remember D.L. Moody making a statement when someone once asked him if anyone got saved tonight at his crusade, and he said, yes, two and a half people got saved. And uh, they said, oh, you mean you got two adults and one kid? And he said, no, we got two kids and one adult. The kids have the rest of their life to live for the glory of Christ. The adult has already wasted half of his life. (laughs) And so I think, you know, there's a couple men, Charles Spurgeon, come unto me, and he's talking about the little children. You know, so yes, you do have great men of the past history that uh, speak very highly of the importance of men in ministry, and then they themselves having a heart for the children. That's good. It's helpful just hearing heroes that have gone before, uh, and, I, and I think of Martin Luther as well. One of the first yeah. things that he wrote was a, a children's catechism, because we, we've got to teach children the faith. Yeah, yeah I so, even think of like a more recent one. I've been seen as a really positive example of this as somebody like R.C. Sproul. You know, many people know of R.C. Sproul's great books for adults, but R.C. Sproul's also right. a guy who values children enough that he dedicates a lot of his time to writing books to help children grow in their faith. Yes, he does. Yeah, we've got one on ourselves. Well, so what does, and you've touched us on this some, but kind of build on it some more. What does the Bible have to say about men discipling children? You know, Ben, that's a great question. And, and to be really honest, you can't point a whole lot of scriptures out and try to make a strong biblical case. You have to do some inferring, I believe. I mean, you do have the Ephesians passage where it talks about fathers, you know, are to instruct and and bring up their children in the discipline of the Lord. You have places in Deuteronomy and Psalm 78 where it gives the overall command on how we are to teach children, and as you go further in those passages, most often you see that those passages are referring to the men of Israel. They are um, called to, to lead. I like the passages in Timothy and Titus were talking to the elders of the church and what are the qualifications of an elder in the church. And as we look at what are the elders to the church, I believe this is what the fathers are to the home. 
uh, because the elders are not to be elders unless they have their home in order. And, and they demonstrated that he can shepherd the flock at home. And if he can't do it at home, he really can't be a shepherd of the flock in the church. So I think the leadership strategy, if you will, from Scripture for getting elders in our church is to help hold men more responsible of leading in their home so that they can set the example of how they would lead in the church as well. Uh, so Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 25, uh, corporate, it's, th- it's speaking about it. It's inferred, though, especially as you get toward the latter verses there, of the man's responsibility. Psalm 78, 1 through 16, demonstrate again the man. Proverbs is clear. Uh, listen to your father's instruction. Um, it does talk about mother's instructions as well, yes. but fathers are more emphasized there. Uh, a father shows compassion to his children. As our, so does our Heavenly Father. So I think you look at that and you can make the inference from Scripture. But I think if you look at the biblical timing, times in Jewish culture and the history of, of that time, men led families. And so therefore the Scriptures didn't say necessarily a lot of that because it was already an assumption that's what men did. And so I think there is some, some teaching on what did the culture live out at that time, and you would see that men led their families. That's good. So, you know, just thinking long-term beyond just this generation of kids, but helping men to lead at home so that eventually they, they might be elder material, you know, in their local church. I think that's good wisdom. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's good. Yeah, and one thing I think is fascinating with this is in our in our podcast, you probably have heard multiple times over and over and over again, if you're a faithful listener, us citing Deuteronomy 6, Ephesians yeah. 6, and Colossians 3. And those are kind of yeah. really pillar passages in children and family ministry. But the yeah. f- amazing thing about those is that they're first and foremost written as commands to men, those commands about discipling children. It's not just about uh, about the woman in the church. It's Nepal doesn't kind of take a, a side and say, Oh, now you, you men worry about uh, making sure that uh, the church grounds are taken care of and everything. But, yeah, I'm going to talk to the woman in the church for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> good point. Why is yeah. it important for men to take an active role in discipling children? Well, I think, first of all, it's important because our kids need an example of men who love Jesus. They need to be able to see men who are godly men who are leading the family and they are actually giving instruction um, to them so that they can see what a godly man looks like, a husband as a godly man, and as a father. So I think first and foremost, uh, men need to be involved so that children can see uh, that example being lived out. Yeah, I think that's a great answer. It is so important in that. I've known of people that have grown up in churches, and have re- especially boys that have rejected the church because they see it's church is just for women because they might go to a VBS and see that it's entirely women that help. They might go and be part of Sunday school and just see it's entirely women that are back there helping. So, you know, they see that uh, church's religion is just kind of for women. Yeah, here's another uh, thought I had on that one, too. When you look at the absence of men in families, you see the number of things that there is a clear link, and, and all kinds of studies have demonstrated this, that when fathers are absent and men are absent in the lives of children, 
you see a clear link to crime, depression, suicide, sexual disorders, abusive behavior, behavioral problems, academic failures, and spiritual decline. So all of those are related to a lack of men involved in the life of a child. So now, of course, you can have men involved in lives of kids, and these can happen there too. Yes. But with greater numbers, greater numbers are when a man is absent. So I think that's, you know, we see it even in our society. When men are absent, the kids suffer and the behaviors change. That's good. Yeah, I mean, we're not, as much as our cultures would want us to believe that we're sort of interchangeable Mr. Potato Heads, um, you know, and God wired us differently. And, you know, science and social research and stuff is is validating, hey, Scripture is true. That's right. Um, Well, so how does ministering to children positively affect the men? That's a great question again, Ben. I think that one of the ways that we see it affecting men is that it turns their hearts to the next generation and it gives them a perspective and it gives them a purpose and it gives them direction. I also believe that ministering to kids humbles us as men. It develops humility in us as men and when we're working with kids. It, it Oftentimes it's not looked as the status role in the church, if you will. Which is unfortunate, by the way. Very unfortunate, very unfortunate. And it should be exactly the opposite. I think it should be the highest esteemed position in the church is those who are working with the next generation. But that being said, I think the humility that it develops is important for all of us. That's good. Mm. Yeah, it is seen as the minor leagues far too often. Yeah. Yeah, and I think what's interesting is, and even for myself when getting involved more and more in children's ministry in the past, I think it helps us to understand the Bible and especially how we apply the Bible. I think you don't know how to really apply the Bible until you'd work with a child and have to help a child understand how the Bible applies to their life. I think that's really true. I think that when you have to give something on a, on a level that a child can understand it, I think it was Churchill that they said when they said he was one of the best communicators that that lived, but that when he prepared a a speech or a talk, that he looked at his audience and he said, I prepared it for who I would consider would be the youngest person in that audience, usually a grade six child. And so, you know, he prepared it so a grade six child could understand him. Well, that... And then the world recognizes him as one of the best communicators of the world. You know, why is that? Because he could do it to, on a child's level. So I do think that it does affect us in the way we communicate effectively. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. What is the effect then of men avoiding ministering to children? And I know you've gotten to some of these, especially on children. But just in general, what can you say is the effect of men avoiding these important roles? Well, I think that the losing of the next generation is a key part. I think men need to be involved so we don't lose the next generation. I think that kids turn away from God. Uh, Tony, Anthony, you mentioned it earlier. You see it where kids have left the church, and, and you've seen it where it's a lack of men's involvement, especially in the lives of boys. And I think it's very true that if boys don't have that model, 
then it will lead them away from the church. They don't have a reason for them to be there. And I think it also develops rebellion among the next generation. I think the authority that a man brings in children's ministry, just his presence in that ministry, because that's how God ordained the authority is through men. And that when men are present, children respond differently to the actions that are going on within that teaching or in that room. And when you take that part out of it, that authority is gone, then rebellion has a, a chance to take root and grow. And so I think that's a key part of what happens when men are involved. Good insight. Yeah, and I think often what it does communicate too is that children are inferior for ministry. That uh, I mean, that children's work—that's that's really the lowly work, and that we don't value children in the way that Jesus, frankly, did. You oh, know, absolutely. Jesus, Jesus effectively, I think, paired ministry to children on the same level as ministry to adults. It is every bit as important. Jesus values children, but when we yeah. don't have men serving in the role, you know, it, that's that's for the woman. You know, that's uh, and some societies, I think it's even been, you know, that's for the uneducated, that's for the unimportant people. But the truth is the kids do need to see, see this. And, and kids, children's ministry is so vitally important in shaping those next generations. And even for kids to see their dad serve the Lord. Oh, absolutely. Huge yeah. difference. So you know, we've talked, you know, with men's involvement at home with their own children but in the, a local church setting I mean do men have a place and if so what, what's that look like <laughs> absolutely they have a place and it's needed and it is so valuable in in our church here one of the things that I've really worked hard at and Anthony has given a witness to that and that I greatly value men in the ministry and in our Sunday school program we have almost from our SK up to grade six, uh, 50% of our workers are men. And so in that group alone, we have close to 100 workers and 50 of them would be men. So um, we feel that it's critically important that men are involved. I would like to see that number even go up in our what we call Met Tykes ministry, our preschool side of ministry. Uh, we have men there but I would like to see that number go up. I'd love to see a 50-50 ratio, even in the nursery, even if the men don't change, Ben, the diapers, as you <laughs> said. Uh, I'm okay with that, but but them holding and praying over a child, Amen. Um, I mm-hmm. think is so rich, and it, it means so much. And I think when a visitor visits the church and they see a man taking a child and holding and cuddling and praying over him, it's setting an example to other men in the church and other men that come and visit the church that, wow, men matter, my kid matters here, that men are involved in the lives of these kids. So I do think it matters. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think the truth is you're right. And some of the best best teachers of children can be men. You know, by we thank the Lord for the woman that teach and some some women can be extraordinary teachers. But Absolutely. I even think of my own father in law. My own father in law is the Sunday school teacher for upper elementary boys uh, upper elementary and the his kids in this class just love him and have been so positively influenced by him for the gospel and for work in God's kingdom. And we, we lack that when we don't have men in those roles. Right. Absolutely. Now, what are uh, the keys to getting men excited about serving in children's ministry? Again, another 
you guys have come up with some wonderful questions. You know, I think, first of all, vision helps uh, men to understand that what they are doing is important, and it's more important than babysitting. I think prayer, emphasizing that you are being entrusted with a child by God. This is a calling. This is more than just filling a, play, a place. It's actually a calling from God to be doing this. Give them a task in the ministry that they can be excited about. I think full-time men in ministry, even in our early childhood education side, is contributing to the child's discipleship. Let them know that. I think value them and tell them so that, the, that what they are doing is so important. Remind them. I think men forget. I forget. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's important that men are reminded, hey, what you are doing matters to the kingdom of God. And uh, thank you for investing in the next generation using words that every man understands. You know, um, interview with the men one-on-one -on -one, um, to serve. It raises the bar that not everyone can serve. You must qualify for working with our kids. Raise the bar on what we're trying to accomplish. Make it attractive to them. Ask for their input, advice. Listen to them. There, there's some godly men in your church that will be working with kids. Seek, seek advice from them and listen to them. Um, tell them that their ideas are important. Give them authority within the groups that they're teaching. Allow them to really serve with that whole heart. Um, I think another way is if women are leading the ministry, they need to get men who are involved with them to help them talk to the men and engaging with them and getting them in, into the ministry. That's awesome. Yeah, those are some helpful points. Also, Ron, moving back to the home setting, you know, you, you've touched on how, yes, mom bears some responsibility, mom should be involved, but dad has a higher one. How should dads teach their own children? Um, and how can, they, how can mom and dad partner together in that? Wow, um, that is, that's great. Uh, there's a lot that can be said on that one. A friend of mine once said, being a man is, is a call. To be married is to accept a call. To be given a child is to be given a call. A call to obedience, a call to be a disciple maker. And I think Deuteronomy 6 and Psalm 78 and Ephesians chapter 6 and Colossians 3, as you mentioned earlier as well, all address men in this way. And to shepherd, I think when we look at the shepherd, he is to know his flock. The father is to know his children. He's to feed his children spiritually. He's to lead them. He's to protect them. And so I think that as we are men um, doing those things, we are going to be leading our children. What can we do practically speaking? I think there's a number of things. We, we looked at the Ephesians 6 passage about teaching our children, but you know what? I think the Ephesians 5 um, passage where it talks about being subject to one another in the fear of Christ, mm. I think is a, an important part. I think the idea of husbands loving their wives as Christ loved the church, I think is an important part of ministering to our kids and taking the lead of teaching our children. What does that mean? What does that look like? When it talks about father as the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, by he himself being the savior of the body. I think the father as being that um, example. He's willing to give his life up for his wife, an example of that sacrificial living before his children and the way 
he treats and responds to his wife, not as his uh, authority and telling him what to do, but the way he treats her are all ways that a father can practically teach their children in the home. I think the way the father backs his wife up when the wife is home most often with our kids longer during the day and she needs our support as husbands and we come into the home and and she's having a deal with an issue with the child that we step in and and we are mentally there in the home with our wives taking leadership helping our kids understand that if you cross mom you cross dad um and that i'm here as you know in this sense a you don't you know you might cross somebody around the you know in the world here in the church you cross mom you got to deal with dad big time uh, I think good. just being that example to our kids of the importance of their mother is an important way that we lead as men. But then, how do we teach in the Bible? I think the idea of the family worship time, how are we teaching that? I think in most of our churches today, the lifelessness that we see being lived out in the church to really having a spiritual fervor for God is because there isn't regular reading of scriptures in the home both individually on a personal mm-hmm. basis but definitely not as a dad leading some devotionals in home and having that family worship time as a practice of our, our professing Christian family homes it's practically non-existent I would I would venture to say yeah but I think that we in the church need to call our dads to that kind of of um, demonstrating the importance of this in the home and it doesn't have to be much. I mean, not to lay guilt trips on our dads in that it's not this hour-long theological discussion with our kids. No. But I think if, if we are doing five minutes on a regular basis, that adds up, and it builds in the lives of our children. That's right. I think an hour is kind of short. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, the, that's great. You know, I think of when I think of the dad's role. It is so important that he invests in and in everyone in that part. You know, even in family worship, that the dad leads, but that doesn't mean he has to do everything. But the reality no. is that I, I think President uh, Truman was the uh, president that had the a buck, the buck stops here. It was kind of a little sign he had on his the presidential desk on his desk in the Oval Office. And you know, this this was a president invested in many of his other leaders, got the advice, got the input, even allowed to flourish in the roles of leadership, those who are in his cabinet. But the reality is he knew the buck stops here. And for a dad in the home, spiritually speaking, the buck stops here. Yes, and I, I would agree totally, Anthony, with that. I think there is another side of that, too, and that is as a husband and wife, I, I think it was in Piper's book, This Momentary Marriage, that it really hit home with me of the vital role of our wives. You know, the scriptures refer to them as the helper of the husband. And who else do we recognize in scripture as the helper? And that's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, and I think that sometimes we don't value our wives enough in in that role as our helper and as, uh, as one that assists us. We need to learn from our wives as well. I think we need to spiritually lead them but we need to be open to learn from them and to hear from them. So I do feel that that's an important part, is, is leveraging our wives in the importance of our homes. That's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. How does a man that is newer in the faith than his wife lead his family spiritually? Well, 
that's such a challenging question, and I think that that question has to be really addressed mainly to the wives. Um, most dads will not lead because they're afraid to. They don't know what they're afraid of, but they just know that they're afraid to lead. They're afraid they're going to fail. They're afraid that their kids are going to uh, walk away. They're afraid their kids might not understand them. I think that to answer that question, it's critical for the wife to understand how she can be a real helper as she is called to be to her husband. I think that a couple of things I would ask a wife to do is to encourage her husband to read a verse and, and just pray with us tonight and, uh, and then back off. And to how can she sort of encourage him and lead to give him some ideas on what to do. And then when he tries and he messes up, don't tear him down. You know, say, honey, thanks so much for trying. I appreciate that. I respect the fact that you gave it an effort. You know, but when we're talking with our kids about justification and you're using Piper's definition, it's probably way over their head. Yes. You know, um, <laughs> so you might not do that. And so us listening to our wives on what would you say? How would you talk about that topic to your kids? But I think to the wife, it's the same way as, as how does she submit to her husband who's not a believer? Because mm -hmm. she's called to submit to her husband who's not a believer. Yes. So examine, examine her own heart. Uh, be quick to pray for your husband in these areas. Um, be slow to criticize. I got this list actually originally from David Michael, who's the uh, director of uh, Children Desiring God. And I think that he's really on to, he and Sally put this list together. Be wise when you bring something to your husband's attention. All correction should be done in the spirit of Colossians 3.16 and 1 Thessalonians 5.14. When your husband makes honest and sincere attempts towards spiritual leadership, man, encourage him. That's good. After bringing something to your husband's attention, gently pray and let go. Uh, and, and their list goes on, but I think... <laughs> The idea of respect is not just an attitude of the heart, although it is that. It is also, also shown in the way that we treat our husbands around our children. So if our wives can understand the importance of how they show respect to the husband, they submit to the husband, it's actually going to benefit them too because their children will see the modeling of that as they submit to our wives, as they submit and understand the importance of those, those roles in the home. So I think the wife needs to really understand that this is a two-way street here and how she's treating her husband, encouraging him in this way, is going to be a model to her children in being able to understand spiritual authorities in their future. That's really great. You know, as an encouragement to the dads that might be listening to this who kind of feel that their wives are more spiritual giants than theirs, you don't, to lead family, your family spiritually, you don't have to be a spiritual giant. You just have to be a dad. You just have to be a dad and you just have to be a Christian and you can lead, you know, that you just, that, uh, and God is faithful to use our feeble efforts, even the feeble efforts of those who us who are growing in Christ as the reality is that uh, I'm sure Ben and I would admit that our efforts are feeble as well yeah definitely Absolutely. that's i mean i love that about the encouragement just 
anybody responds better to encouragement, at least over the long haul. Maybe there are times when you need a firm rebuke or, or something like that, but generally encouragement will get you further. It will, it will motivate you to keep moving, it, 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 you know, as opposed to being beat down and just go, well, <laughs> I tried, but you know, it wasn't good enough, so why bother? Yeah, so true. So, Ron, how can churches help men take this really important role of discipling their own kids, and then maybe they can bridge them into working with kids at church, but what, what kind of things can churches do to, to help them on the ground level? Well, I think that there's a lot of things the church can do, and I've just made a short list here. Uh, teach it, preach it, pray for it, picture it through your media and other forms, um, often it takes at least seven touches of a message before someone actually gets it. So I think that whatever way we can continue to say the message, dads, you're important. Dads, you matter. Dads, this is critical for you. Dad, you are important. Any of those ways that we can continue to, dads, God has put you, God has called you, and he has given you a high and holy calling. That's sort of my new phrase with my dads around here. Dads, you have a high and holy calling. And mm. uh, I think the more we remind them of that, we, the more we tell them that, the more we speak it, the more we show that to them in the scriptures, then eventually it actually sinks in and says, wow, I have an important calling in my life. It's actually from God. And that is, there is no higher calling than that. And so I think that the church needs to constantly have that message being given out. It can't be preached on one Sunday and expected to change the tide of how our world is going. Amen. It's got to be consistent, it's got to be faithful, and it's got to be one that's loud and clear. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I, I th that is so important. Yeah, I really li like all you said. And I think it is so important that we all be just praying for men in, in our oh. church that develop that more and more. Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, uh, brothers, uh, we've talked for almost an hour about men's, men, about men's ministry and children's ministry and their connection. So we really talked a lot about men for an hour as church leaders, and, and we haven't planned a hunting trip. We have not watched a <laughs> boxing match, and we haven't eaten any red meat in the process. At least I haven't, which is a rare thing for me. Uh, so, you know, uh, we must be doing something wrong if we haven't done any of those three things. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So with that, well, thank you all for joining us today, whether this be your first time or whether this be your 21st time joining the Theological Family Ministry Podcast. We hope this has been a blessing to you and encouragement to you as you disciple the children you're missed, and especially men as they seek to seek to have a more active role in that important job of discipling children. Well, as always, that we've been blessed to have you, and you can reach out to us. You can reach out to me. I'm Anthony Trasoni at Anthony Trasoni on Twitter and Ben um, at Ben Palaz and Ron how can people get a hold of you if they have any questions you can reach me on my email account rrud at metbiblechurch.ca yeah it looks like Ron's not with the Twitter world yet so well you can reach me on Facebook <laughs> but 
Probably even better. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, well, again, thank you for joining us. And if you enjoyed this podcast, we encourage you to not only download uh, this podcast, but also review it on iTunes. That's one of the keys for us reaching more people as getting positive reviews, as well as tell others, whether it be through social media, as well as, frankly, in person. And we hope that you're blessed, and we hope that you're encouraged in the fear of the Lord this week. God bless. Amen.